Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, the place to come for movie reviews, along with some extra fun talk about movie-related topics like box office and awards. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and basically any place else you can find podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter for even more content. If you like what we do, feel free to share us with your friends, like and leave feedback wherever you listen to us, and let us know what you think. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are joined today by writer, director, actor, Terminal Triple Threat, Miles Doliak, who we have spoken with before for one of his previous movies, The Historian, which we loved. Uh, And he has come back to talk to us about his latest called Demigod. Miles, how are you this morning? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? Uh, Not too bad. It's a little chilly here out in the Mountain West region. Uh, We might get snow on the valley floor by tomorrow, which uh, it's a little early, but it shouldn't be too much. But it'll just remind everyone what's coming. Uh, And hopefully they don't forget how to drive when it arrives. (laughs) Well, I wish it were a little chillier here in muggy New Orleans, but we're we're starting to get a little taste of fall. So, oh yes, a little taste of fall, as I recall from my time, my time in in beautiful Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, ninety degrees, ninety percent. I remember those numbers well. Uh, but yeah, it will drop, it'll drop what all the way down to about 82, I think come fall, won't it? Don't it? Quite possibly. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Get out the parka. Um, well, again, thanks for coming back on. Uh, enjoyed having you last time. We had a really long and rambling conversation, mostly because of me last time. So we'll try to keep it on topic. Um, Debbie God is this, uh, you know, the longer it's been since I watched it, I watched it a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I want to just, it's, it's it's just a, a it's not quite a fairy tale. It's not quite just like a mythological tale. It's this weird hybrid between where did this Black Forest of Germany story come from? Well, the mythos of the Black Forest is absolutely fascinating. Um, uh, the the spirits and the the goblins and the the forest sprites uh, are are replete in in black forest lore and mythology um as is this notion of the wild hunt uh which is typically governed by the germanic god herni whose name is cognatic with our kernunos so this is the same producing team that that did our last film the dinner party and in the wake of that film we wanted to do another project together really enjoyed working with that team and uh so very quickly we wanted to get something together to capitalize on the on the momentum that we had with dinner party and my co-writer on dinner party, Mike Donovan Horn had this wild hunt script. I think it was called witches of the wild woods or something at the time. And he sent it to me and I thought the bones were good, uh, but it, it, it needed some character work. It needed a, it, it needed a stronger hook. And, and as it turns out, as we started looking at it uh, myself and, and my partner in, in life and art, Lindsay, who's also a producer on this, 
um, it began with explicitly naming the deity uh, who was in charge of this whole thing, Karanunos. And Karanunos is a vegetation deity, and vegetation deities are badass. They are the guardians of, of the earth and the ability of human beings to grow things in it and to muster the beasts of the field, which things are, of course, integral to human beings' very survival. Absolutely. Um, and so, um, you know, when you cross a vegetation deity, it's it's really bad news. And when you cross the, the, the natural realm, uh, the, vegeta- the vegetation deity gets very, very upset. And so I thought that was an interesting opening to talk about a lot of things, man's relationship to nature and and... and so on and so on and so we just we just started polishing and and you know um mythology ritual religion cult uh uh, this is a sandbox i really enjoy playing in based on my phd work in in the ancient world as as we've discussed before oh yeah um and then we also saw an opportunity to say something about family and lineage and and generational trauma and daughters and granddaughters who fall under the spell of controlling, imposing patriarchal figures like Carl, uh, Robin's grandfather, and and then, of course, our, our younger heroine, Amalia. Um, and then, yeah, when we so we got the script to a place we, we felt good about, and um, we were foolhardy enough to try to shoot it during the pandemic, brave enough or foolhardy enough, I don't know. Um, but I liked the I liked the limited locations, limited cast. Uh, I knew that, strangely enough, the forests, the piney woods of my home state of Mississippi, uh, resemble pretty closely the Black Forest in their penchant for evergreens, pines, and spruce and fir and all that kind of stuff. So we had a pretty good um, analogy, I think, for the Black Forest and where we shot it in Lumberton, Mississippi. Um, can't say it wasn't a harrowing experience probably was the hardest film we've shot to date. Um, but I am really pleased with how it turned out. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, when it was shot. Uh, so it was, this was a COVID production then. Hmm. We shot it in December of 2020, uh, right smack in the middle of COVID and in the middle of one of the coldest Mississippi winters I can remember. Uh, before, before 75 we went on, degrees. It, yeah. No, it literally got down into the twenties. I know we were talking about how muggy it is down here in the deep South, but, there were a couple of nights it got down into the 20s. It was just bone chilling cold. And the vast majority of the film is exterior. So, um, so of course, COVID posed a great many logistical and budgetary challenges to our film, certainly on an indie budget, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're testing three or four times a week, sanitation protocols, HEPA filtration in our interior locations. Um, we're following the guidelines of the right to work agreement handed down by SAG and DGA and Writers Guild. And, right. Um, and we had a we had a scare. We had a scare where an actor flew in from L.A., tested positive for COVID before coming to set. Thank God. So the protocols worked. Um, we wound up having to juggle the cast and shake some things up in the middle of production because there's no option to push on an indie budget. You got to make it work. Right. You got to keep moving forward. And um, as it turned out, I, I think I think ultimately, as as much as we hated to lose that that actor, um, it turned out in the best interest of the film. It resulted in the elevation of Elena Sanchez in particular to the role of Latara. And Elena is uh, fluent in German, as it turns out. Handy. She has, yeah, she has a, she has a German parent. So we had this, we had uh, a German dialect coach out of New York, Oliver Hoffer, who's an absolute gem, but he couldn't travel because of COVID. And um, so we, we had him remotely and now we had Elena 
on the ground were all sequestered at this campground in Lubbard, right. Mississippi. And when she wasn't shooting, she was just like, hey, let me come to set. Let me listen to the German, listen to the dialect, make sure you guys are on point with it. Um, so she was such an in- incredible addition to the project. She's also an accomplished stunt woman. And um, that, came, that came, you know, without giving any spoilers, we, she did a, has a major, major stunt at the end of this film. And, and, and she dove in with both feet and was eager to do it. So uh, sometimes these things work out for the best. So, yeah, the, uh, it really did. I, I, I was kind of, in the back of my mind, I kind of saw um, there was a lot of spread out action. Even when there were multiple actors in scene, I could I could see that we were we were kind of spread out, and so that's and that's why I was kind of curious as to when it was shot, and you mm. know, so I'm sure that kind of played. You know, even when everyone is bound up and tied up at one point, yeah, um, yeah. all the trees, the, the tree trees c- conveniently do not grow right next to one another. Yeah, so, so you know they they kind of helped out in, mm. in that aspect of it. Uh, I noticed now the uh, we talked about the the mythology and the Black Forest mythology. Um, witches and specifically in threes the mm. you know we 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 get that portion of this um you're i i like to talk about uh i like to talk about creature design if there's a major creature i did like the creature design in this who did your creature work for you so that was primarily the work of julie tosh our production designer um who we worked with on our last three films now um she has a lot of experience in makeup world um, and then Ashley Treadaway, our makeup department head, and Lindsay, uh, who designed Karen Uno's wardrobe. So it was these three really, really talented, brilliant women came together on that. And, you know, we knew we couldn't go hog wild uh, right. because we just didn't have the budget to do so. Mm. So we had to we had to choose our battles with regard to the Karen Uno's design. Right. We we wanted to make him more primal um, and more more i guess animal than than he is typically depicted he's typically depicted as a a a human with a long beard and antlers and and long flowing robes so this carnunos we wanted to be a real hunter real sort of warrior type and he's got this broadsword and crossbow and and cuirass and um so we diverged a little bit from the typical look of carnunos mm-hmm. uh for that reason um also, he had this. I kind of had this idea that Kernunos, uh, each time he's reborn, he continues to evolve and improve as the environment changes mm-hmm. and as technology uh, changes. Um, he is he is, after all, a you know a, a half divine figure and is and is able to sort of muster the uh, all the natural forces at, at animist forces at his disposal. Right. So um, so yeah, we. We um, and it also helped to have an actor like Chima Chekwa, who has this incredible imposing physicality um, that he brought to the proceeding. Chima is um, comes from the stunt world. Um, so we knew that that was going to come into play. And we thought about that as we as we cast the role as well. But, yeah, big shout out to Julie Tosh in particular for for the design. Yeah, it's 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 not completely primitive, but it's not. Yeah obviously i mean it is a very nice mix and i i, I did want to point that out because let you know that i did i i personally appreciated that i you know i've seen some creatures where you're just like oh it's just a bad design and or yeah. or it's a good design and a bad implementation i think you got yeah. the best of both worlds so uh 
kudos there. So this the story we've got here in Demigod is uh, Rachel Nichols, not ESPN, as she likes to put in her Twitter bio. <laughs> uh, uh, you you got her. She she plays our lead Robin, uh, who inherits her grandfather's cabin slash house out in the Black mm-hmm. Forest, mm-hmm. Um, and. Unlike some stories, she's not unfamiliar with this. She kind of grew up there. A lot of times you get the, oh, I didn't ever know my grandfather because, or whatever. Uh, so it was nice that she was going back someplace instead of discovering a place. Uh, she was re- She's rediscovering that mm. part of her childhood. And uh, she meets your character uh, yes. in, in the woods, uh, Arthur. Um, out in the woods, who was a friend of her, or who knew her grandfather, and that's when we get the introduction into this, uh, the supernatural world uh, yeah. that's going on here, and uh, and like and like in any good horror slash supernatural type film, yeah, things things tend to degrade quickly uh, for <laughs> for our protagonist, uh, but no, overall, like I said, I I I, I liked the. I liked the feel of it. Uh, when it got to the end and it, it said it was shot in Mississippi, I was like, well, I was, I was fairly certain you didn't fly to Germany. But I was like, <laughs> no, you know, I was, I was budget, fairly no. certain you, did, you didn't fly to Germany. But, but I was like, wow, I, I, I hadn't realized that, that it was that close. Because there were just a couple spots where I'm like, is it really just kind of open up like that? Uh, when, when there's a forest line. But I was like, okay, you know what? I'll let that one go. But overall, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good with that. And then it was like Mississippi. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I can live with that. Um, I, I like the, like I said, I like the creature design. I like, I like the general flow. I think your characters, you put the character work in, as you said mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I, I, I think that shows, uh, cause, uh, I can see a version of this story that's very flat. Uh, and uh, yeah. I have probably seen a version of this story that's very <laughs> flat, truth be told. Um, yeah, but, and the creature design is excellent. And I think your actors all portrayed really well. Um, really quick, let's. Let's talk about uh, Amalia. Okay. Uh, uh, played by Rachel Riles. Uh, where yeah. did you find her? Because she's she's a lovely young girl, uh, yeah. and she just really kind of encapsulates this little. She's an innocent little hunter girl, which is just this weird combination <laughs> of things. Uh, where did you find her, and and how was she for you on set? So Rachel Riles had played a very small role in our previous film, The Dinner Party. Mm-hmm. She played the younger version of our lead character, Haley, in that. And Rachel and her mother, Regina, are both just absolutely wonderful human beings. And, um, you know, we knew that working with a minor would be another challenge on this film with, with the long nights. Right. And, you know, you can't work a minor 12 hours. And um, So we managed to hand ourselves all kinds of logistical challenges based on when we shot it, where right. we shot it, who we shot it with. But... um she was so game. She was so great. And, and of course, you know, Rachel Riles went into this, not speaking a lick of German. Um, so she worked very hard with our dialect coach, Ollie Hopper, and then later with Elena on set mm-hmm. um, to get the German right. And, you know, in the, in the early drafts of the script, that character was a boy and we just felt it, 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 it wasn't right. And, you know, I thought about Newton Ripley and aliens and I thought about this, this, you know, the, the, the connection, the, the feminine connection and bond between mothers and daughters that, that then would play out ultimately between Robin and Amalia. Um, kind of going back to some of the themes I was talking right. about earlier with generational trauma and lineage and, and daughters and fathers. And, um, 
but yeah, she uh, Rachel Rachel is from right there in Mississippi, um, and she's done she's done a fair amount of stuff. She was on the uh, Cloak and Dagger wow. TV series at Marvel TV series. Yep. Um, but um, I just kind of I mean. I, I don't even think we really thought too hard about this uh, because we had worked with Rachel on dinner party. And, and so, so in the very early discussions, when we decided this would be Amalia, we would, we would make it uh, her a girl. Um, Rachel's name came up very, very quickly. And, and we also knew that Regina, her mom is just awesome. And we knew Regina would come to set and we knew we would have to be sequestered. So we would need a parent that was going to be there right. the whole time. And, um, it just made so much sense for our project and man, I'm, I'm glad we, we were able to get Rachel on this one. Well, yeah, sounds like you had a couple of uh, serendipitous falls this time, which yeah. is, which is, you know, sometimes it is better to be lucky than good. Yeah. Uh, and I think, again, I think you got both this time. So kudos again to everyone. Thank no, you. she's, she's wonderful. She's a nice parallel for Robin, mm-hmm. Robin's character. Um, uh, Amalia is your daughter in the film. Uh, yeah yes uh so that was you you guys played together well uh, as well uh so the film is going to open in select cities in theaters Mm -hmm. um this friday october 15th um and i'll have a list of those cities in the write-ups and you can go and find them now what are the release plans beyond that is this going to be a streaming release are we hoping for a wider theaters yeah, well, I mean, we're always hoping for a wider theatrical release. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it does, and or, or you know, we're we're being distributed by Gravitas Ventures, and they'll ultimately make that call. Um, but it will be available everywhere on demand on all of the transactional VOD sites on Friday. So iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Fandango, now. All those so guys. this Friday as well, the fifteenth. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Good. But wow. I mean, I highly encourage your listening audience if you can see it in the theater and you feel comfortable doing so. If you're in one of those cities. Uh, try to see it in the theater. We shot it to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We shot an anamorphic widescreen. Um, and I, it, it really deserves to be seen on a big screen with, with quality sound. So even if you don't get to the theater, watch it on your largest TV right. with, the, with the sound blazing. There you go. I encourage everyone <laughs> to see everything in the theaters if I can. It's yeah. nice. Uh, we're back to seeing a lot of big, bigger movies in the theater. Uh, this week yeah. is actually going to be fairly heavy. Um, and next week is going to be fairly heavy too, because there's a lot of good stuff coming out, but don't forget just because Hollywood's giving us the big stuff, people, there are smaller films that deserve to be seen sometimes more so than some of those big Hollywood films. Um, but either way, the the theaters, uh, are, those are the lifeblood. And without those, a lot of this stuff doesn't happen at all. So support your theaters if you can. And if you feel comfortable, that is where I will leave my preaching on, on theater attendance and safety. <laughs> um, because people get crazy. <laughs> um, so no, um, what's next first before we wrap up, what's next for you? Um, well, uh, uh, Lindsay and I have just, uh, completed a new script, um, which is sort of a bonkers, uh, character drama, quasi musical, uh, going back to our roots a little bit in in that realm with the historian, but but you know, 180 degrees in the opposite direction in in terms of its sensibility. Right. But so like I like to I, I call it a uh, it's if you took um, a Noah Baumbach film like Marriage Story or Squid and the Whale and and mixed it with a Wong Kar Wai film like you know In the Mood for Love or 2046, uh, a Wes Anderson film, put it in a blender, then put some like some really um, cool 1980s 
first wave music videos in there, <laughs> like Duran Duran or Flock of Seagulls or something. Uh, that's this movie, mm-hmm. and I um, we already have uh, Jeremy London attached to that one. Jeremy has been in our new in our last two and smaller roles, but he's been he's been really pushing me to write a lead. So we did uh, write a lead for him in that one. So we hope to shoot that one sometime next year. Um, and then um, also, you know, doing a little bit more freelance producing, uh, producing a film called Mind Reader uh, that's shooting in uh, very soon here, late October, November uh, in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Mississippi. Um, and then, um, you know, smattering of acting gigs here and there and then holding down the old day job at Loyola University teaching film, which is uh, one of the best day jobs on the planet. Uh, I'll bet it is. I'll bet there's probably worse ways to spend your day. Yeah. Uh, so excellent. Well, uh, Miles, thanks for taking the time. Um, I highly encourage everyone to seek out Demigod, whether in theaters or your streaming platform of choice. Uh, I will not endorse one over the other. I have many, um, but definitely check it out. Uh, that's this Friday, October 15th. Uh, like I said, the list of cities that will have it in select theaters will be with, with the write-up for this so go ahead and check that list out thank you so much again for joining uh i do appreciate it thank you for supporting indie film oh 100 percent. i know a lot of guys and uh, i know there's a lot of good work comes out of the indie scene so uh thanks again uh until we talk again because i'm sure we will talk again about your next project at some point uh and feel free to reach out whenever you want to talk about it uh just Tap me right there, and I'll get back to you as quick as I can. Uh, but uh, until until we talk to Miles again, and until I and Ryan get back to you with some bigger films, don't forget to like us, follow us on social media, at VS Movie Podcast, you know the drill. Uh, and we will talk to everyone later. Bye, everyone. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.